Do you dream of being a successful inventor or entrepreneur, creating the next Facebook or Google? Just imagine. I'm very fortunate to have become successful in this weird thing that I've done because I would make a terrible employee. I always get up every day and I just do whatever I think is interesting. On this week's Radio Davos, Jimmy Wales, co-founder of Wikipedia, has some words of wisdom for would-be entrepreneurs, particularly don't set your sights too high. Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, in their early 20s, comes up with a brilliant idea and it goes straight to the moon and they become one of the richest people in the world. Those are just extraordinarily rare. They are not the story of most entrepreneurs. If you've got that mental model of you have to have that one brilliant, great idea that goes straight to the moon, it can actually be crippling. What if I fail, then my one shot is over. Is necessity the mother of invention? We hear how Wikipedia benefited from a lack of investment. If somebody had said to me, here, Jimmy, here's $10 million investment, I would have probably done what everybody else did. We didn't have any money. So it was really like, okay, how do we figure out how to do this? Radio Davos is the podcast from the World Economic Forum that looks at the world's biggest problems and how we might solve them. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a nice review, and join the conversation on the World Economic Forum Podcast Club on Facebook. I'm Robin Pomeroy, digital editor at the World Economic Forum, and with advice from from Jimmy Wales to entrepreneurs who want to save the world. This is another thing I said to young entrepreneurs, just do anything you want. Nobody cares what you're doing at all. If you fail, nobody's gonna notice, so just don't panic about it. This is Radio Davos. Jimmy Wales was born in Huntsville, Alabama, shortly before midnight on August the 7th, 1966. However, his birth certificate lists his date of birth as August the 8th. How do I know this nugget of trivia about the co-founder of Wikipedia? Did I request 50-year-old archives from the town of Huntsville? Did I rifle through hundreds of interviews? Of course I didn't. I did what most of us call research these days. I looked it up on Wikipedia. The encyclopedia written by anyone has become the fifth most used website in the world with more than 6 billion visitors a month. So how did it come about? If you're a potential entrepreneur or innovator, wouldn't you like to hear from Jimmy Wales, the site's co-founder? A few lucky entrepreneurs had the chance to do just that, when he held an intimate Q&A session with members of Uplink, an initiative from the World Economic Forum where you can submit your ideas and get access to expertise, to resources and potentially investors for an idea you have to save the planet or improve it. We featured Uplink in a previous episode of Radio Davos and I'm delighted to say I'm joined once again by Uplink's Emanuela Orsini. Hi Emanuela, how are you? Hi, I'm well. Happy to be back with you, Robin. So on this episode, we'll be playing some of what Jimmy Wales had to say at this Q&A. Could you just explain to us what this event was? Yeah, so it was a private uh, event held for members of Uplink, our platform, and um, we were celebrating Uplink Innovation Day. One year of our platform, we had various online events for all of our innovators. This specific session was called Meet the Leader, and our Uplink innovators got a chance to listen to Jimmy Wales discuss his journey as an entrepreneur and ask their questions. Uh, Meet the Leader, not to be confused with our sister podcast, Meet the Leader, is such a great title, everyone wants to use it. Um, So just remind us um, a, a little bit about Uplink. It's not So it's somewhere entrepreneurs can go to kind of network, to get more information, to find potentially link up with people who might be interested in investing. But it's not for any, just any and all entrepreneurs, is it? It's for entrepreneurs in certain specific areas. Yeah, exactly. So it's a platform uh, founded by the World Economic Forum in partnership with Salesforce and Deloitte, um, where anyone anywhere with an interesting idea can submit their solution to help solve some of the world's most pressing challenges. So specifically solutions um, that can help accelerate the UN Sustainable Development Goals. 
Right. So that's the bit I was saying about saving the world or at least improving the world in a significant way. The sustainable development goals are about um, social justice and eliminating poverty and environmental goals, climate change, that kind of thing. Anyway, let's hear our first clip from uh, Jimmy Wales. Uh, What is it, Emmanuel? Yeah, so he uh, began his talk not by talking about achieving success, but about the importance of failure, uh, allowing yourself to fail and learning from that. So let's listen. More than anything else, I I self-identify as an entrepreneur uh, more than founder of Wikipedia, although that obviously takes a lot of my time and is is, uh, the successful thing that I've done. But I always talk about uh, failure because I think that people have a a funny mental model of what success as an entrepreneur looks like. We look at a handful of examples, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, someone who in their early 20s comes up with a brilliant idea and it goes straight to the moon and they become one of the richest people in the world. Um, And those are just extraordinarily rare situations. They are not the the story of of most entrepreneurs. Most entrepreneurs will go through a lot of different career experiences, a lot of different uh, failures. And the reason I think this is important is that if you've got that mental model of you have to have that one brilliant, great idea that goes straight to the moon, it can actually be crippling. It's crippling because it can be very hard to get started because you think, is my idea good enough? Can I do this? What if I fail? Then then my one shot is, is over. But realistically, you have to say, and, and I think this goes beyond just entrepreneurship uh, in, in business and entrepreneurship, which is, I think, an equally valid concept for, for social enterprises and nonprofits, but also just in your career, in your life, I think. This idea that you need to get comfortable with failure, that you're going to try some things that aren't going to work. If you can, then that's great because then you can learn, you can grow, you can take risks that are very hard if you're not good at failing. Get good at failing, he said. Yeah, it's a theme he returned to several times. Yeah, so we'll hear more about that later. But if you are lucky enough to be successful, what is life like for the creator of Wikipedia? I'm very fortunate to have become successful um, in this weird thing that I've done because I would make a terrible employee. Um, I always just get up every day and I just do whatever I think is interesting. You know, during lockdown, I've had this kind of weird explosion of creativity. Um, I, w- what I do, I have, a, uh, I have a presentation, a keynote presentation. Uh, and every time I have an idea, I just open it up and I write it in there. And I try really, really hard not to self-censor. By self-censor, what I mean is I have a lot of ideas. Well, I have a lot of really bad ideas, let me tell you. But what I do is I write down my bad idea and then I just leave it for a few days. And then in a few days when I come back and I've kind of been subconsciously or thinking about it, sometimes I'm like, oh, actually I see the problem. I can fix that problem. And now the idea is better. Sometimes I'm just like, yeah, that was a really bad idea. Like, that's never going to work. And I don't know what I was thinking that day. He also mentioned that he writes his ideas on Keynote. I have to confess, I didn't know what that was. It it was something that is on my phone. Are are you familiar with Keynote? No, actually, I'm not. So I also had to look it up. And for those who don't know, it's an app and software that creates very cool presentations. So a next level PowerPoint, I would call it. Right. It's, It's the Apple version. Yeah. Let's hear what he says about that. It's because I've been giving speeches for 15 years. And so I've written many, 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 you know, PowerPoint keynotes. It's just my most comfortable place to work. And it's also, I think for ideas, it's actually a good medium. It's just like bullet points or, you know, a title. And a, you know, it's, it's, it prevents me from writing huge essays that I'll never reread. So what about Wikipedia? 
Um, one of the Uplink entrepreneurs who was in this Q&A with Jimmy Wales asked him whether he'd ever been tempted to monetize Wikipedia beyond the voluntary contribution model. Yeah, it's interesting to hear him uh, reminisce about how Wikipedia was created. One of the things that, that made Wikipedia Wikipedia is that everybody understands the, the idea of an encyclopedia. And that kind of defines everything that we do. We're building an encyclopedia that, that guides a lot of decision-making. So one example, early on, somebody said, what would be really great, it would be everybody who's signing up, could we offer them a free webmail account? Because people could log in and they could do their, their email. And I was like, that's not really building an encyclopedia. So no, like that's not interesting right now. And then the other thing that is interesting, and I do think it's one of the historical sort of wonderful accidents of Wikipedia is that Wikipedia started to really grow like massively grow during the depths of the dot-com crash. Uh, and so that was a moment in time where normally what you would see, you would say, oh, wow, look, we're getting traction, it's growing. But then as it grows, of course, you start to see a few problems here and there. You say, oh, look, there's a problem in the community or people are arguing about this or that, people are misbehaving, what do we do about that? And if somebody had said to me, oh, here, Jimmy, here's $10 million uh, investment, I would have probably done what everybody else did, which is hire moderators and, and sort of start doing top-down community management, because who could imagine doing it any other way? In our case, we didn't have any money, like zero money to hire anybody. So it was really like, okay, how do we figure out how to do this? How do we devolve power into the community in a way that works? And so it's all about how do you build that uh, sort of democratic infrastructure so it's a lot of questions that, that we answered. Some of them probably wrong, but we'll never know because it is what it is now. You're listening to Radio Davos. We'll be back with more from Jimmy Wales after this news of another podcast you might be interested in. Talent is distributed fairly uniformly, but opportunity is not. Igor Tolchinsky understands bridging opportunity gaps. As the CEO and founder of quantitative investment firm WorldQuant, he sees how quickly technology is evolving and how data is growing exponentially. To ensure workers can keep pace, he founded a special online university with a tuition-free master's in financial engineering. This training prepares people around the world for sought-after careers, harnessing data and tech and bridging those opportunity gaps. Data is growing exponentially, but people are really not uh, growing exponentially. Meet the leader caught up with Igor to talk about the need for education to keep pace with innovation and how leaders can challenge themselves and experiment. You never know what comes up. When your test limits you, you find out it's not really a limit. I'm your host, Linda Lacina. Hear about all this and more, as well as the two principles by which Igor lives his life on the latest Meet the Leader. You're listening to Radio Davos. I'm Robin Pomeroy, and with me, my colleague Emanuela Orsini. And we're hearing from Jimmy Wales, co-founder of Wikipedia, who's been talking to entrepreneurs from the World Economic Forum's Uplink program. Emanuela, one of them asked him about the importance of artificial intelligence. I guess anyone developing pretty much any new product or service these days will be looking at how AI might help them. So uh, Jimmy Wales said that the potential of machine learning was enormous, but for something like Wikipedia, it wasn't yet able to replace the human input required to make that work. Where we are today is that the, the role of AI in Wikipedia is very, very, very close to zero. 
so everything you see on the site, er, all the decisions that are made, it's very, very human and very old fashioned in that sense. We do have a couple of uh, machine learning tools. I don't even know what percentage of the community uses them, but a very small percent. So one is called ORES, which is a scoring system. You can go to recent changes, which is where every single change is posted, and you can filter them. And the machine learning algorithm looks at all the incoming changes. There's many little dials you can turn, many settings. The one I like to do, for example, is an edit that the machine learning judges to be a bad edit, but made in good faith because I'm always interested in that, right? If it's a bad edit by a troll, that's actually not interesting and it'll get reverted and it's not interesting. But what happens if a bad edit made in good faith? That's a really interesting category. And I'm just curious, like, does it actually identify that? That seems like a very abstract thing to identify. It seems all right. Actually, I find sometimes, you know, it's something, uh, you know, you can see this person made three good edits and then they hit save the last time and chopped off half a sentence. And you can think, well, they didn't come here just to vandalize by chopping off half a sentence. A human would judge, oh, that's probably an accident. Are there things he would like AI to do in the future? Sure. So given the enormous amount of text on Wikipedia, perhaps AI could be useful in sifting through to help the editing process. I'm interested in, in things like an AI that could read related Wikipedia entries and suggest to us contradictions. Maybe not like direct, simple contradictions of the kind that you could only find with a very simple template script, which would hardly find anything, but really something with a little deeper understanding that would, would maybe recognize tensions between statements. They're not directly contradictory, but they seem to be going in a different direction. So what do we think about that? Could you suggest to good editors, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a machine, I'm not that smart, but I did see this. That looks like it's mm -hmm. kind of maybe not great. Do you wanna have a look? And I think th those kinds of things are quite cool and quite interesting. Uh, other things that are maybe not even so advanced as that, but just, you know, tools that we don't have now that, that would be very simple from an AI perspective, but things like, what are some entries that get a huge amount of traffic at Wikipedia, but that are, that we have various signals are to su suggest it's not very good quality. That's really interesting, right? So what are people reading that the community would judge to be not as good as it should be. Can AI help us find that? But will AI ever be intelligent enough, according to Jimmy Wales, to write Wikipedia without any human input? Jimmy Wales mentioned the advances in AI-generated text, such as GPT-3, so Generative Pre-trained Transformer, uh, which can generate prose and poetry. Yeah, I remember an article it wrote in The Guardian last year called A Robot Wrote This Entire Article, Are You Scared Yet Human? And The New York Times had one called How Do You Know a Human Wrote This? Freaked a few people out. So what did Jimmy Wales say? Will GPT-3 write an encyclopedia anytime soon? In a word, no. What I don't foresee anytime soon is that an AI will uh, sort of read a giant database of information and then write an encyclopedia entry. I don't see machines writing Wikipedia because the nuance and the, and the substance of human communication, including things like, hey, you have to understand the needs of your audience. Who's reading this? What, what is it that they're likely to know or not know? Returning to the theme that we started with, this idea of learning from your failures, in this talk, we got to learn some of the great ideas that Jimmy Wales had before Wikipedia, which never really got off the ground. Yes, yeah, so Deliveroo, Uber Eats, Just Eat, all those high-tech companies uh, with high market values today. Um, but when Jimmy Wales had a similar idea, the world was not ready for it. I'll just give a couple of examples. So one, one example 
I, when I was really in the beginning of my entrepreneurial career, I was still working in finance. I was working in downtown Chicago, futures and options trader, but I was very keen on the internet and I was a programmer, not a very good one, but programmer more, more in finance. And I, I realized, cause I was using the internet heavily and it was just becoming a thing. This is around 1996, 97. And I realized like, oh, it'd be really great if we could just order lunch online and have it delivered. And, and that in the future, you will be able to order lunch on your computer and, and it would be delivered. Because we had to like, oh, this drawer full of menus and you would call, you would fax the order. I mean, it was old school. So I created a website for people to be able to order food. I called it Loop Lunch because downtown Chicago, it's called The Loop. Got it set up and had a, a, a demo. And I went down the street and started talking to restaurant owners. Uh, and they looked at me like I was from Mars. They were like, we don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, yeah, you're, you could be on the internet. And they're like, we have a fax machine. We don't really know what you mean. That didn't work. It was too early. Now, of course, that's a huge business. Another early one was the idea was to have pay-per-click advertising. So a new search engine with pay-per-click advertising. Um, but because there was already like Google had launched and I had no money, Google had launched and a couple of other things had, uh, you know, Yahoo existed. Um, Alta Vista was, I would say, dying at the time. I thought like, here's my clever idea. Like it would be pay-per-click advertising, but you could pay for the advertising or you could just send traffic to me and earn credits for advertising so it was a way to go viral get a lot of people to link to us a lot of small websites blah 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 and what happened well it failed uh, it, oh and by the way it was called um threeapes.com no reason why except it was a short domain name i was able to buy and and we had the slogan type your search and the apes will find it which doesn't make any sense but it was like we had a cartoon ape anyway it was silly he also mentioned more recent ventures, which by his own admission were less than stellar successes. Wiki Tribune, which was his foray into journalism and which morphed into the social network site WT Social. And he had this advice for young entrepreneurs. Just do anything you want. Honestly, your biggest problem is nobody cares what you're doing at all. So if you fail, nobody's going to notice. So just don't, don't panic about it. I, on the other hand, it's easier for me to start things because if I announce something, then it gets press coverage and all of that. And that's an unfair advantage at this point in my career. But it also means when I fail, I mean, there was a huge write-up in Wired Magazine about Wiki Tribune when I had to lay off all the journalists. And it was like, okay, that's not very pleasant, but oh well, you know, you just have to get on with it. So Don't be afraid to fail once again. Let's hear one final clip from Jimmy Wales who said, that that mindset is one of the reasons that Silicon Valley is so good at producing tech entrepreneurs in a way that nowhere else can match. One of the things that Silicon Valley is very good at that other cultures aren't as good at is that embracing of failure. So when I've spoken at times to young entrepreneurs uh, in other places, so for example, South Korea, I, I had a, a, a speech to an entrepreneur group in South Korea, and then I had a meeting with like six or eight young entrepreneurs on the table, and they were all, 100% of them were terrified of failure uh, because they felt like if they, if they failed, their career would be seriously damaged, right? They were taking a huge risk by going out and doing something. In Silicon Valley, if you do a startup and it doesn't work out, that's all right. Like, actually, it's interesting, right? Uh, then you end up with a, a nice job somewhere. And I think one of the great things about a community like this is like, there's a load of really interesting people who you can partner with or... If the thing you're working on doesn't work out, that's okay. You've, you've met some really clever and interesting people who know what you were doing. Uh, and there may be a way to, to pivot and work with someone. 
So what he's talking about there, Emanuele, you'll be delighted to know, was Uplink. So this community that you're involved in, this platform for entrepreneurs to, um, I guess, meet their peers, to get advice, to to network, to potentially find investors. Remind us where our listeners can find out more about Uplink. Yeah, so you can go on our website, uplink.weform.org. And we also have an app, so you can download the Uplink app and learn more about our Uplink innovators on the World Economic Forum's social media channels. And this, so this uh, Q&A with Jimmy Wales, this Meet the Leader, as you stole the, uh, the title from us, um, is that something you'll be doing again with Uplink, do you know? Yes, we'll be planning on doing more of these uh, private one-on-one sessions with uh, big entrepreneurs, big names in the future. So yet another incentive, if anyone needed, for people to get involved with Uplink and they can go to that website you've just given us. Emanuela, thanks very much for joining us on Radio Davos. Again, we hope to have you back soon. Thanks, hope to be back as well. For more podcasts, including the real Meet the Leader, please visit weform.ch slash podcasts or find us wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a review and join the conversation on the World Economic Forum Podcast Club. Look for that on Facebook. My thanks to Jimmy Wales for his insights in this episode and also to Emanuela Orsini and to Alex Court. Radio Davos will be back soon. But for now, from me, Robin Pomeroy, thanks to you for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.